Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin Family, the developers of the Brand X Method, and the Athlete Coach Network. Youth need great coaches now more than ever. Brand X has dedicated themselves to doing what is best for kids for over two decades and now offers mentoring, education, programming, and resources in one smart package to empower coaches to efficiently deliver world-class youth programs. Check out their plug and play options and join the Brand X family today. You plus Brand X equals youth program success. So welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast, and we're here today with Court Payne, and we have great, great memories of watching Court coach, and I'm going to step back a little and talk about how we met. We've been in touch over the years a couple times, recently stopped in to see you in Dallas, and I think that was, I said recently, I think it must have been at least three years ago. (laughs) That's what time warp we've been in, right? That's the last time we visited anybody. <laughs> Three years ago. That's right. What an amazing person. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read your resume, basically, and then I want to talk about how we met, and then we can kind of go from there. Thank you so much for joining us and taking your valuable time. Court has a BS in kinesiology and MS in exercise science. He's a certified clinical exercise physiologist. He's the lead, or was the lead, this is where we met, exercise physiologist at Children's Heart Center of Nevada. He's the owner and operated uh, operator of Pops Gym in Fort Worth. Yes, correct. Fort Worth. And he's a volunteer now at Cook Children's Hospital. And he also served on the IF3 Youth Fitness or Youth Committee for a time when that when that was active. It's kind of not so not so active at the moment, but that was extremely helpful to have his information and spin on the what was happening there in developing what that should look like. So I want to go back to how we met. Jeff, do you remember what we were out in uh, Las Vegas? Yeah, we were in Las Vegas to meet with members of the Cook County School Board. Clark, um, Clark, Clark I'm sorry, Clark County School Board to bring our fitness program there to the school district. Um, I think it was one of the biggest school yeah. districts we'd worked with up so until I think it's that one of the biggest time. school districts in the yeah. nation. Yeah. And we launched with, uh, with I think, nine high schools, and then we expanded a little bit after that. Started going to the middle schools, and then... But we were out there to meet with them, and I think we got an email from you, and just kind of yeah. like, hey, and we just touched bases, and we, and we said, well, we're here in Las Vegas, let's just go meet this guy. Is that, is that what you recall about how we... Yes. So, well, when I got hired on at Children's Heart Center, I my experience with kid, kids was fairly limited. So I had, you know, kids martial arts classes, things like that, you know, adult fitness classes, the, the fitness aspect I was used to, but not with dealing specifically with kids. So I reached out to the experts, which was you guys. I reached out because we have a, we had a program and they still have a program called the Healthy Hearts Program. So it's a 12-week program where kids that are at risk for developing heart disease, so kids that are pre-diabetic, kids that are kind of on on the direction down a non-healthy path, get referred to this program via their cardiologist. So it's a 12-week program where they would come in once a week, 
uh, and we would exercise. We'd have, you know, some, some fun things to do at home, some activities. They would get a workbook. We would, it's about a 45 minute workout. And then at the end, there's an education piece as far as nutrition goes as well. And about three times throughout the program, they would, the families would meet with a dietitian, and then they would go over, you know, healthy options for the family as a whole to make it home and not have it, the nutrition component focused just on the one individual kid that was referred to us, but the family as a whole. So they saw, we saw that having that, the family component included and not just emphasize on the kid, the outcomes tended to be better. So I was in charge of the exercise portion. So I've, my background in exercise was at that up until that point was really training adults and, and working with classes with adults. And then, so right away, I knew that there was going to be a difference in programming, coaching, what the sessions looked like. And then that's why I reached out to you guys. Well, what I remember, and we had by that time probably visited, I'm going to just throw a number out there, hundreds of gyms and seen hundreds of programs worked with thousands of coaches and we walked in there and we saw you running this class. And I think I recall maybe a dozen or so kids. Do you remember what the numbers were? Yeah. So we would, it would vary based upon the time, but typically on average about, about 12 kids. So we'd, okay. we would have up to 20 kids sometimes too. Ooh. Oh, well, what I remember was you were like a symphony master. You were <laughs> up there orchestrating 12 kids of varying ages and they were doing what you wanted them to do. They were moving well, they were organized and they were enjoying the experience. So I'm known as being like the really critical one about movement and, you know, kind of coming, kind of coming into the kind of coming in gyms going like, oh my, what's going on? That's not a squat. And I remember you have had these kids squatting and they were kids from you know who were uh, of normal normal weight range to kids who were who were very overweight, mm-hmm. and all of them were squatting beautifully, all of them. So you had taken the time to master the mechanics with with kids, no matter where they were in their fitness journey, and it was just beautiful to watch. And both of us were. Uh, very, very impressed at that point in time. And I also want to say that your model there about movement, diet, and getting the family involved was very influential on us when we started to work with Team Lift and bring that model to them. Like, we look, we can't, we can't just have these kids working out, right? And then telling the kids they need to change the way they eat. The family needs to be involved. The family needs to change their behaviors, and the kids, and then you know, the kids need to see themselves differently and see their relationship with food differently. So we, we you know, and it really was, you, you had a, you know, you had a, a huge impact on us and on that program as well. well and, you know, like, like you mentioned with the, the kids and getting the family involved, I think that's so key because I mean, what, what 12 year old has an impact or 13 year old has an impact on what's at the house. Like, you know, if yeah. parents are going to the grocery store, you know, it's, I mean, they have, they have limited, <laughs> limited impact on, on, on what they're able to consume at home. And yeah, you can talk about it all day long, but if it's not a collaborative, uh, collaborative, you know, event, really going to the grocery store, making sure we're getting good things and having healthier choices. It's very, very hard for just that kid to make an adjustment. I think about this a lot because we went through, you know, we've got 36 year old, Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
<laughs> our little boys. <laughs> the oldest one is 36. So, yeah, we did it differently over the years, you know, mm-hmm. how that worked and how that played out. And I think about the challenges that people have now. There's Instacart and Amazon. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so, so they can more than in the past. Right. Of, if you know, yeah. depending on the access their parents allow, right. Um, I read a, uh, and and have really bad choices that no one maybe not even know about it. Right. I read yeah. a really interesting paper uh, maybe two weeks ago about the impact, the need for impacting youth athletes uh, about nutrition and the fact and the, that they came in to, that the people who were impacting youth athletes the most about nutrition and guided their nutrition the most. Uh, for the rest of their lives as they kind of left athletics and went into later adolescence and young adulthood were their peers. Right. And holy cow, you know, like, no, that's not a, you know, that's, that's <laughs> not a good idea. Yeah. Almost on anything. But uh, <laughs> the most impactful thing was, was what their, what are their peers eating and what are their peers saying about the food that, and that coaches needed to become not dietitians and not nutritionists, but having a place in the program where they are discussing good choices and discussing how to impact their, uh, their athletics. Right. And yeah, just having, that, having the base knowledge to, yeah, for, for a coach to have that, but also once you start to create a community of like-minded kids, right. So when they're, they're kind of, you have a group that's coming in to work out together, you know, especially as they get older, performance becomes a little bit more important. They're starting to try to make sports teams, things like that, where they know that it's what they're doing in the gym. They're seeing the results elsewhere. And then they start to see friends that are, Hey, maybe, you know, so-and-so is eating a little bit better and man, he's really, you know, really progressing or, you know, and I can't keep up with him on, on certain things. And then, so you start to see him, you know, talk a little bit and communicate and then they're trying to Im- implement what the other person's, sh- I mean, they're, they're little, they're miniature adults, right? So if, we, if I see a friend of mine, that's like, man, he's really progressing. What is he up to? So you, you share that information and man, teenagers are, are no different. So I'm thinking back to your program there, and I remember discussing your concern that you ha- you'd done this great work, and these kids and these families were involved, and but then ten weeks ended, mm-hmm. and then what happens after? Remember, we tried to be a liaison to local gyms where they might scholarship families, right. um, and, and when we first launched Brand X we actually had a training center requirement that they scholarship at least one family. And then we realized there was no way that we could track that. So, so what we do is we just talk about how wonderful it is if they choose to do so. Right. Um, So we we promote the idea, but Mm -hmm. because we saw, and that came out of that experience with you because we saw the need for these families that are struggling and they actually have like real serious health concerns for a child and wanting to get that child to stay on that path and not fall off and how important that was. And right. I, I wonder what your observations now are on that, or do you know what they're doing as far as follow-up or. So what we did, what we did is we actually worked with, there was a local gym that had a, at a that I had worked at before and after, uh, in the mornings and then in the evenings before, before, or excuse me, after in between when I would go children's heart center. So in the morning I would coach and then the evening I would coach. So before, I worked out <laughs> the whole day. Yeah. 
I would, I worked out a deal with them where we had a couple of scholarship spots available when oh. so at children's heart center, we, we dealt with, we also had a psychologist on staff too. And so we would have some eating disorder patients as well. And then, so on a couple of the scholarship spots came from the healthy hearts program and we had um, kids go in there and, and work out um, at that gym after they continued or after they were done with the 10 week program. And then we also had a couple of the eating disorder kids go. And I know uh, from following up with them, once they were done with the program, they, I mean, it was very successful, you know, continued, you know, they continued to progress and grow those, those guys specifically. But then we also worked with the local YMCA. And so they were able to give, I think they would give they gave two scholarship spots for the entire year. So it was a free membership for the kid and family. And they're only able to give that, but they also gave discounted, significantly discounted memberships to all the kids that, that, that completed the program. I think it was like $5 a month. So they were able to get access to a facility where they have sports, you know, there's the exercise, you know, areas and, and, and equipment that they could utilize. But I know that we had a, a very large amount of our population that would come to the class, uh, come to the program would utilize that moving forward. I don't know how long they would utilize it for. We weren't able to track that. Uh, but I do know that we did have quite a few once they were done sign up for that to, to hopefully continue to improve their fitness. That's fantastic. I'm happy to hear that. I didn't really know. I was thinking back and whatever happened, you know, how, how did that end up? Because I know it was of great concern to you, you know, what, yeah, it's, what are we going to do? We're done. <laughs> 12 weeks is 12 weeks is a great start, but we're looking at, you know, a young individual who has their whole life ahead of them. Yeah. So yeah. we're making the, this huge impact within the span of three months. They're making great gains as far as, you know, nutrition and then also exercising and doing things on their own. Well, it's, you know, what are they, if we're not meeting with them weekly afterwards, like, is there something that we can do to help keep them accountable? Is there a resource? And so uh, the YMCA at that time really stepped up and, uh, and helped us out. That's wonderful. (laughs) So you, so you were there in Las Vegas and then got a wild hair to go to Texas. (laughs) Up, wow. up end your up end your, your wild horse. Uh, up end your <laughs> that's a whole other story. <laughs> up end your up end your life and go back to school. Yep. Yeah, and, a few um, times, right? A few yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It seems like every time we'd reconnect, you'd be like, "Yeah, I'm in school doing this again. I'm doing this again." Man, well, I, man, I, I, what's I, I, great. I, I, yeah, education is continuing to improve and grow. It only provides value, right? So I think, I mean, I went back, got my master's. I went back and and. <laughs> took biochemistry courses because these are things that I'm interested in and is not just the how to program a workout, you know, proper form, things like that. Like I'm very interested in the, the physiology behind it. Right. So what is, you know, what's so was I, uh, so was I, and I hated yeah. biology. By the way, just like every, every day walking to that class was like, Oh no. Of course, back when I took it, it probably was, you know, it was, you know, on raw. Not yeah, may, may, the, the information may have, you know, the images that they're able to provide. Yeah, Jeff was in the black and white photos. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Those old movies. With yeah. the, right. <laughs> Electron oh, microscopes. <laughs> right. You know. Right. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so you're interested in these things. You're going back and taking them. That's awesome. And you ride your wild horse to Texas. Yeah. So, well, my, at the time, my wife and I knew that Las Vegas for us, it was great. Loved Children's Heart Center, everything about that. Loved the community of, of people. We just knew that long-term, that wasn't the place for us. We didn't have any family out there. And so I have, I grew up in, in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So I have a ton of family out here. And so we decided to go ahead and, you know, we made an impact at Children's Heart Center, set them up for success moving forward. And then I felt good about that. And so my wife got transferred for work to Fort Worth. And, and right around that time, I started grad school and so it was perfect timing for us. So I, I, we moved here. I didn't have, you know, I was going to school, didn't have a job or anything lined up. So I just started working and training clients, coaching at several gyms and then through networking and through meeting every, I tried to, I tried to network as much as possible, try to meet all the, you know, physical therapists in town that were you know, well-known chiropractors, dietitians, like every, the physicians, like trying to see like what all is going on in Fort Worth, where can I make an impact? And through all of that networking, I ended up meeting my business partner and he had an idea of opening a, a corporate wellness facility for his employees and then also their customers. It was an insurance company. And so we had worked through all of that while I was still coaching people outside of there and still getting my master's. And then over the span of six months, worked on opening the gym and then made sure, like I'd mentioned, that the their employees and their customers were taken care of. And then we slowly started opening it up to individuals in the community as well. What's the name of your gym? Pops Fam- Gym. Fly. Sorry, I talked over your shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of your gym? Pops Gym. <laughs> Portland, Texas. Yeah. I love that name. That's great. Yeah. So uh, I'll give you a little background on the name. So uh, my business partner, his, uh, his family is, is really kind of woven in, into the, uh, the fabric of, of, I guess, Fort Worth, if you will. My business partner's dad coached everyone. If you grew up in their neighborhood, he most likely coached you in sports. So even when his kids were had moved on, got into high school and stuff, he was still coaching youth sports and had a really big impact on the community, you know, through, through sports and fitness. And so everybody calls him pops. And so we decided to kind of keep that name going uh, because of the effect that he's had on the, the community and, and name it pops gym. So That's awesome. what a great legacy. I love yeah. that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Super cool. So I have a, a question from left field a little bit. Jeff's probably he's going to be scared. What's she going to say? I'm used to it. <laughs> they're used to my scary, my scary thoughts. <laughs> and maybe I should just say unusual thoughts. So because you love biochem mm-hmm. and you're really digging into it and you have this massive academic um, resume, I'm wondering what if there was one thing that you could tell coaches or that you would say coaches should know about working with teenagers, maybe? I know you do a little bit of work with teenagers. Yeah. That was a physiological kind of thing. What would it be? Well, so, I mean, this may not be physiologically related. We've talked about this all the time. I think the the one most important thing when working with teenagers is make, make it fun. It's like, like psychologically, like if they're, if they don't have a positive risk, we're looking at, we're looking at affecting these individuals, not just through their teen years, but hopefully for the rest of their life. 
I think them having it, first and foremost, having a positive experience to exercise really impacts them for the rest of their life. Because the thing is a positive, a positive experience can be, you know, can be great, but a negative, uh, negative experience is catastrophic and extremely detrimental. So they'll, they will refuse to exercise if it wasn't, you know, if they had a poor experience, but if they have a positive experience, they're more likely to do it on their own moving forward and then also seek out a healthier lifestyle. So I think first and foremost, it just, it, you have to approach it from a psychological point of view that they really need to have that positive experience. Right. We, you but, know that we're a hundred percent behind that for yes. sure. For sure. Yeah. All this week with Sarah. Yeah, was, uh, tell the story. I had it's a, a beautiful story. Call this week with a young lady that was with us, that was with us for quite a while. Actually, from four years old, eight, four years old to eighteen, and she called. Uh, she had walked on as a freshman, walked onto a college D one school, decided she wanted to try out for sports. She'd never played before. Tried out and made the varsity team her freshman year. She's now a junior, and she's um, and she called me because she's concerned about the weight training that they're doing. Mm-hmm. For the for in in the weight room, and she just doesn't understand it. And she talked about it. She talked, we talked for almost an hour, but she one of the things that she said to me was, "I always knew you would protect us." Mm-hmm. And from that comes down to this idea that we have in the professional youth coach certification about how do you develop trust? This idea that kids come in and trust you. And I want to kind of segue off there to the fun and, and having a good time. How many of us have Most no, positive for sure. Yeah, how many of us know kids who went to play a sport, the coach was harsh, the coach was demeaning, and they left the sport and they went, I'm never playing sport again. And then they're never really active again. Right. We all know we we all have stories of that. We all yeah. know kids that this happened to. And we want to, you know, be the opposite of that. Kids have to trust us. Right. And they have to trust you enough to have fun. So you can't just come in and have, you know, be playing games. You have to know how to talk with them. You have to right. know how to positive, have a positive uh, a language with them. And that is goes along with how we start to develop resiliency with our kids. And I've just gone off on, on a tangent that yeah. no. is really important to me, this idea of developing trust and that the kids trust us enough to come to the gym, right. do their best and have fun while they're doing it. Right. Well, and yeah, and it's, it just have like, it just has such a lasting effect on them too, you know? And, and when you're talking about kids not having a good response with a sport because of the coach or something like that, that's just, it's, that's so, it's so heartbreaking because people put, especially at young ages, they put such a emphasis on results when, when playing a sport, when it's 100, 100% about skill development right? So you're, you're developing an athlete, like you're, you know, you're developing this person that's still learning motor skills that has so much room for growth physiologically, right? That they're Mm -hmm. developing a system. And when you put the emphasis on results in that sport, well, then most likely they're going to get turned away from it, right? So if you're so hard on them for not, if they don't win the game, if they don't score the goal, Instead of focusing on, you know, like improving motor skills, you know, improving, you know, even like teamwork, things like that, like things that you learn from sports, then these kids just keep getting driven out of sports and then towards video games where nobody's going to yell at them. (laughs) We see that, you know, the the lack of understanding of developing motor skills and and how important that is in in developing uh, movement in the gym, like, right, like. What, how do most people like 
I'm going to start, my kids are going to come in and we're going to start to squat. And the first thing we do is here's the bar, put your hands on the bar, get under the bar. This is what a squat looks like. And you're like, there, there, there are so, so many, many requisites than right. just that. <laughs> right. And then they wonder why the kid gets up to, you know, I'm, I'm squatting 185 pounds. Now we have to deload because you're not doing it right. And then there's right. a whole discussion and, and it doesn't have to be that way. Right. It doesn't be that way. And it, and it can all be, you know, every, every time they step into the gym, it can be a positive experience right. or into a sport. It can be a positive experience if they're developing the, the motor skills and movement patterns that are necessary. And we're looking at that and, and celebrating those successes versus right. like you said, whether they won the game, whether they got this many uh, you know strikeouts or whatever. Yeah. Right. Well, so, 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead. No problem. And not pushing the, you know, not pushing to get results immediately. Right. So these things, these small incremental adjustments over a long period of time end up being, if you, if you take the macro view of it, it's, it, it'll blow your mind how much these kids will progress. But if you're only focused on this week by week, uh, week by week, got to I've, I've got to get them to improve. I've got to do this there. You're going to have to regress deload or else they're going to get injured or burnt out, things like that. But if you make small incremental improvements over that long period of time, you go back and look at the macro, look at three years, three years of the three years of improvements that they made, the five years of improvements that they made, your, your mind's going to be blown. Yes. <laughs> I know I'm preaching to the choir here. <laughs> so one of, one of the things I'm thinking about, like I, we've said this for so many years, so I want to say it in a different one way, but the truth is the, the easiest way to it is fun changes over time. Right. So Exactly. What what your three-year-old, and I want you to talk about him for yeah. a bit in a moment, what your three-year-old considers fun and engaging and motivating will make him come back right. is a lot different than your 13-year-old or 17-year-old or eight-year-old, so different for each group. But for all of them across the board, having a positive experience mm-hmm. and a successful day right. where they increased something by one pound or they got high fives for the beautiful knee placement today or mm-hmm. their stability or whatever, that it doesn't matter what age that getting good, great feedback 100%. is, is part and parcel of what they take away as fun. Right. Oh yeah. It's always yeah. great to go somewhere and go to a party and have a good time. But somebody says something a genuine, Hey, that's really great. It right. makes you feel good. And, well, and, and I, I think too, like the, you know, the, the positive, like reinforcement of, you know, how well they did in the class, it doesn't have to, or how well they did in the session, it doesn't have to be uh, something that's tied to, you know, weights or numbers or things like that. It can be, you know, they, I don't know, they were, they came in and had an awesome attitude that day. Like, you know, they were you, at, at the end of the class, you pull them aside and be like, man, you really, you were firing everybody up today. Like your, your attitude coming in here really, you know, I, we saw that it it affected everybody else. You had a really positive impact. I think that too is, is something that you can utilize to help motivate kids as well. So they may not be as physically gifted or may not improve as fast as somebody else, but you know, if, if they're coming in, you know, coming in and positively impacting the others, like they should be also, you know, rewarded for that, if you will, you know, giving them positive feedback on that. So I think there's so many different ways that you can have that positive uh, interaction and positive effect on the, on the kid 
each each session. So it doesn't have to be just be numbers driven or things like that. When we when we had our gym, we had a team class. I had a Google Doc, and I'd have all the kids listen to Google Doc. And one of the one of the columns was what did they do the good that day? And so when they finished the class, they'd go out, and some of them was like, yeah, corrected their squat, you know, the knee position in the squat. And then and oftentimes it was came in with a great attitude, worked really hard. And then what I would do is review that review that doc before I came in the next class. Right. And as they came in the door, they're like high fives. Look. I remember the last class you did this. Let's do that again right. this time. And, and yeah. it was just, I think you're right. The less we focus on, wow, you got a PR on your squat and more on your the attitude and, the, and, and having fun in the class and that kind of thing, that was the, uh, that was the, the thing that kept the kids coming back. Right. And, because the thing is, yeah. you, you trust your program, right? So you know yeah. your program, you know how, you know the system works, right? So... Yeah. They, you know, that you know that hey, today they may not appear their squat, but over the next four to six weeks, they're definitely going to appear the squat. So if they're if it's so results driven or just focused on hey, you know, you did you you know you PR your squat, you PR ah, sorry you didn't, you know that kid may be turned away, but you know you trust your programming, you trust your coaching, um, but you always give some kind of positive positive reinforcement like you're talking about to the kid to keep them coming back because you know they will PR their squat later on down the road. You know they will PR their lifts. Yeah, that's so true. I love that because you trust your program because Mm -hmm. that is, you know, you get to that point with a good program that you know the program is going to happen. You know what the results will be physically, but you start to look at, as we say, doing what's best for kids and doing what's best for kids for brand X is making sure they have a happy, mm-hmm. healthy, long path right. and are able to do whatever they want to do, are motivated to continue to try new things and, and stay healthy and fit. So right. like that is as much psychological as it is about physical competence. Right. Because like you say, you don't get the confidence until you get the competence. So the program provides that competence Mm-hmm. which develops confidence and that right. we're in there sort of, you know, throwing fertilizer on right. that confidence psychologically mm-hmm. and then really develop, you know, this whole human being who has this, this great outlook. It's not just that they're an athlete or athletic. And right. I think like we look at the pro sports and some of the stuff's been happening with people being more open about mental health and the pressures right. and things. And I think we have a responsibility working with youth to, mm-hmm develop resiliency so that that they have something there when those pressures hit and some other motivation psychologically not just the athletic data right yeah and and tangent sorry (laughs) no no (laughs) i think it goes back to to jeff's point too i think a lot of it comes from the trust that you develop with them right so if you if if, you know, from generate, from giving them positive feedback on, yeah, the, the exercise, them improving their squat, but also these other kind of intangible aspects, they trust you and they know they'll start to realize that they trust the program as well. It's because you are putting out the program because you are coming up with these progressions. They may get frustrated that they may not hit their squat, but they know that you have their best interest at hand, right? Okay. Let's talk about your three-year-old son. So, oh, sorry. He's, he's six months old. So, 
I'm looking forward to three uh, three years old uh, because that's when we'll that's when we'll I'll probably start putting together you know some kind of like 15 20 minute group group (laughs) class with with other three-year-olds yeah cool noodles so here's my here's my herding cats advice about cool noodles (laughs) we did thrusters and cool noodles that was Uh perfect Hula hoops, cones, and pool noodles. Cool. Yeah. Cut them in half. We get this. <laughs> we get the question all the time from people like, "Okay, I'm going to have a class of you know four to seven year olds. What kind of weights do I need? You don't need weights. <laughs> yeah, you need, you need props. Yeah, yeah props. exactly. You need, you need to do fun stuff and right. let them be kids. Right. Exactly. You need. Yeah, exactly. Keep them engaged keep them running around maybe do spend two minutes on a squat who knows if they have the attention for that that day but also be flexible (laughs) also for for purposes of humor and brain development you can have them spin a lot (laughs) there you go rolling a lot of rolling a lot of rolling a lot of rolling (laughs) yep if you spin three times try to do a block squat yep (laughs) but yeah that that I have great memories of that. That mm-hmm. Keegan and his wife Jenna ran the preschool class before Brand X closed closed our our local gym that we ran mm-hmm. for twenty years, and they were running it oh, a couple of years, I think. And man, that was the, the people would stay to watch the adorableness that was happening in that class, the, the oh, joy, yeah. the creativity, you know. <laughs> and, but those kids, amongst all the fun, they were learning. They were developing good movement. They were learning, you know, habits about exercise more generally, sort of, right. you know, we're going to move, then we're going to pause, then we're going to play, then we're going to You know, a healthy, they're healthy, they were growing a healthy idea about exercise, which included the idea of play. So yes. that was so important, right? And yeah. Watching, yeah. watching, like, you know, Jenna and Keegan would build, you know, an obstacle course. And the right. only, the only, uh, uh, statement to the kids was like okay get through the obstacle course so right. some kids would you know fly through the obstacle course because they they have all kinds of you know right uh, movement exposure right. and other kids would take other time you know they'd take their time to get over an, op- an obstacle or they'd go around the obstacle or whatever right. it didn't matter what mattered was they were having fun and yeah. then that and that they were presented with movement problems they had to solve themselves it wasn't like this is how you get over the box yeah. it Explore. was Try to figure out how you get on. And it was so fun to watch the different kids and their their different approaches right. to um, yeah. their personality. Yeah. And you know, it, it gives them a little bit of critical thinking they've got to, you know, work through as well. And then, you know, at that age too, being so young, like they're still developing gross movement patterns, right? right. Oh, man. They're still yeah. they're still trying to learn how to effectively run. You know, yeah. and so you, you, even if you're spinning and you get their, uh, you know, their balance a little off and then have them, have them try to walk forward. I mean, that's still challenging those gross movement patterns and, and, and which is at that age, I mean, the rate of improvement is exponential. So yeah. having them play like that is, it has such a positive impact on, on them. Cause you know, now with, you know, it's, it's just, there's, so little time nowadays that everybody has it's like how how do you how do you cram as much as you can into physical activity and and with kids it's just that age you just play you know i just what you said about they're still developing gross motor patterns i'm thinking about just think about 
how difficult it is for a three, four, five-year-old just mm-hmm. to tell you how old they are with their hand. Yeah, exactly. Their fingers are stuck and they're like, yeah. I, can't, I can't tell you how, I'm five. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. You have people are like, okay, we're going to do power planes today with the five-year-old. Like, what are you yeah. thinking? They, I mean, that all, all makes sense. Power clean is. <laughs> if we've had it, if we've had kids, everybody know everybody. When you had kids, you recognize that first grade experience that they come home with the tracing paper and they got the A and they have to yeah. do this A and and it's months before they can do it on their own. Right. And yet we go like, okay, here's a squat, do it. You know, <laughs> yeah. really, that's that's know, that's so. not how it works. Exactly. This is very. It takes time. It takes a certain path, and we can't hurry it. Right. So and, so. and, each, and each kid, I mean, is gonna it's gonna vary a little bit, right? So you'll have, you know the doctors will have certain tests that they run to make sure that, you know, your kid is within certain developmental timeframes and stuff like that. But those windows, I mean, those, they can vary by six months. And so like a a three-year-old and a three and a half year old could maybe move completely different, right? Because that growth and that improvement is so exponential that it's, you see such variance between, between kids. And that's how you see that age relevancy, you know, starts to affect sport where, you know, a kid, a kid who's born on January 1st and is five and a kid right. who is born on you know December 31st and is five right. you know, is literally, you know, a year behind right. the January 1st kid. And that, and then at five, that's huge. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to talk, I, we've probably got about five minutes left. This okay. has been awesome, but I want to, I want to ask you about what you're doing at Cook Children's Hospital. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's right. Um, it, it really doesn't have anything to do with, with, uh, with fitness and health. Uh, we've done, wait, wait, wait. I, I want to say something about that. So <laughs> this podcast is more broad than youth fitness because right. we're about looking at what are people out there doing? That's great for kids generally, globally. We, we care about kids. So I love that. It's not about fitness. We want to talk about fitness, but we also want to talk about and highlight good works. So, okay, there, I interrupted. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we I've done a couple of things as far as health and fitness with them, but the our main my main focus when volunteering over there is I go twice a month and obviously over the past couple of years with the restrictions at the hospital because of COVID, these these opportunities are a little bit limited. But prior to COVID and then more regularly now, I'll go in twice a month and and volunteer in a in an area called the child life zone. So they've had, you know, great donors that have donated board games, video games, they've donated like a pool table, arts and crafts, they have a whole music room. So what I do is I go in twice a month and I I volunteer and I I try to have a, a positive interaction with these kids. So these are kids that they are either patients, inpatients at the hospital currently, or they're siblings uh, of those inpatient individuals. And then we also have outpatients, outpatient individuals that will come in as well and utilize the child life zone just because it is so cool. It's amazing all the stuff that they have. So what I do is I come in uh, and I like will see how the kid's day is going, just talk to them, try not to, you know, really try to not to bring up anything about the hospital. Like my job is to make sure that they have fun and they enjoy it. And so they don't just look at Cook's Children's as a hospital. They, they look at it as, hey, man, this place is actually pretty cool. 
So when they come back for more treatment or their sibling gets admitted again, they're like, okay, well, that's not all bad. Like, you know, we're, we're still going to go in and we're going to have fun. And so that just helps with, you know, helps with the patient's progression and whatever they're dealing with, but also the siblings as well. Because a lot of times during that time, the family is so focused on, has to be focused on the kid that is sick and ill at that point in time that the other kid may feel a little bit left out. And, you know, with talking with some of the kids, you, you experience that. And so, uh, and they'll just bring it up. And so what my focus and my job is, is, Hey, let's just have an awesome time. You know, you've got how, how much time you got down here an hour. All right. So we're going to, we're going to play everything. Like what's your favorite game? What do you like to do? Have you ever played pool before? Like, we'll, you know, all, all these things just to try to have it be a positive experience. Uh, and what a lot of times is something that's really scary for those kids. So I love that. So you're, you're pairing good memories and developing that neurology right. of this, of something really good happening there right. as well as what would probably be a, you know, a, a, maybe a scary or negative experience so that, so that they cannot feel so frightened or uncomfortable right. at return. That's, that's beautiful. I love yeah. that. It's, I mean, you, you see the, I mean, they have an unbelievable staff there and I'm, I only get to go twice a month, but they do. I mean, they've got a, uh, they have a whole like production team where they shoot like videos and they can broadcast them to all the kids in the rooms and they'll have like, oh, wow. videos. so it is really kind of state of the art and they incorporate a lot of the kids, uh, you know, and, and all those things they will do like a baking show and have some of the kids. <laughs> Down. I mean, it's unbelievable the stuff that they're doing and I'm just lucky enough to go twice a month. And so we also, so I'll do that in the early part of the afternoon. And then in the evening I'll host family board game night. So where we, uh, where the hospital provides the food, you know, for the families and then they get to come down and pick a board game. So that's trying to, you know, they're trying to get everybody together, sitting down, playing a board game together. And they also get to keep that board game that they pick uh, and take. Oh, so what's, the favorite, what's the favorite board game? Mine. Oh man. Jeez. <laughs> Put me on the spot here. I shoots and ladders is pretty fun. Uh, <laughs> So I'll, I'll do that with, with them. I mean, we've got, they provide all kinds. I mean, they'll even have like Uno decks that the kids can take. And that's a lot of fun too. I mean, even some board games that you've never seen that are like Disney related or something like that. So whatever the kids are into and depending on their age as well, yeah, it'll, it always varies. So we take care of our granddaughter twice a week. Mm-hmm. And she's, In late afternoon. she's big on Candyland. So we oh, are, we're Candyland experts now. Yeah. Also, so we get, all we of the get, variations. Do the rules, yeah. do the rules change? All of the variations in which she went and yeah. we lose. Exactly. Changing I get get, rules. I get a blue variation. card. I get to go to the castle. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, damn. No. Oh, mm-hmm. You know that to start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been great it's catching happy, up. Happy you go to the yeah. end. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's been great catching up to court. Yeah. Thank you. I love your, uh, your insights and your energy and the good work you're doing. And I'd like to come back again because there's there's, there's some deep dives that we could take. We start. Of course. I I mean, this is the stuff that I love talking about, right? So, you know, you know, the positive effects on kids, you know, if you want to dive into science, 
a little bit more sciencey stuff, then we can also do that. But I do have to say that it, it's it's more of a pleasure for me to catch up with you guys just because I am it's unbelievable the impact that you guys have on kids. So, you know, it's we I, I get to impact in such a small, small way, but you guys are affecting coaches and they're having an impact as well. So it's just it's I don't know. I I really I really do look up to you guys quite a bit and and do really consider you guys mentors as well. So and friends. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you so much for your time. Of course. That's it for today's U18. Since we like to end with a gamer challenge, let's hear from a youngster in one of our Brandix programs about one of their favorites. This is the tire sled pool. Um, There's two teams of 10. We're going to need two tires, two battle ropes, and some sandbag weights. There'll be one person starting off by holding the battle rope, and then they'll pull it in. And then once they pull the, the tire in, they'll drag the tire back out and then they'll run back and give their teammate a high five. The first team to have all their members complete this is the winner. Woohoo! <laughs> that was a youth fitness podcast, Topics on Youth Fitness with Focus on Doing What's Best for Kids. Brought to you by the Martin family, the developers of the Brand X Method and the Athlete Coach Network. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you listen for more.